You hear people talk all the time about collaboration over competition, but what does that actually look like? And how can you leverage your existing community and the ecosystem of the industry that you're in to build relationships and partnerships and connections that don't just benefit your business, but your members and your customers as well? Well, today you are going to get to hear from my friend, Candice Doniolo, who has done just that inside of a small niche industry. And she's going to be sharing with you how she not only became the leader in the industry and developed her authority, but how she used the community that she built and the ecosystem of her industry to build really high leverage relationships and partnerships and create a space for her community members to do the same. This is for you, the online business owner who wants to maximize your profit and multiply your impact. I'm Shanna, host of the Community Creators Podcast. I've spent over a decade helping top brands and entrepreneurs create thriving communities that increase their reach, retention, and revenue. This podcast is where I share my best insights and invite you into conversations with the world's leading community creators and cultivators. So grab your favorite mug, fill it up, and let's get started. Well, hey, friend, I am so glad that you are here with me for this episode today because I have my dear friend Candice Doniolo with me. And Candice and I are in the same mastermind, so we've become friends through that. But Candice is known as the pet boss. And if you're not sure what that means, you'll find out in this episode. But she has done this amazing work of becoming the absolute leader in her niche industry. So she's going to talk to us about how she's done that. And she's also going to show us how she's leveraged that community, that ecosystem to develop relationships and partnerships that have not just benefited her business, but her members as well. So Candice also is the host of a top podcast. You launched this not too long ago, right, Candice? That's right. We only have 36 episodes, I think. <laughs> okay. And it's called Boss Your Business, but it like skyrocketed to the top of the charts And this is just another example of the advantage of being really well-known in a very specific niche. So if you want to stay connected to Candice, which I know you're going to want to after this episode, you're going to want to follow the Boss Your Business podcast. But stay tuned right now because Candice and I are about to dive into some really good stuff around how to leverage a community to create relationships and partnerships that benefit you and benefit your members as well. So Candace, thank you so much for coming and being with us today. Thank you for having me. I love your podcast. Oh, so fun. Both of us. I think we launched our podcast kind of at the same time. And we're like sharing, you know, our podcast cover photos back and forth. Like, does this one work? Does that one fit? All those little decisions. And now we've launched them. And it's just like, okay, you're in a rhythm now. And I love it. Okay. So You know, I always start with this. Tell me about your favorite community that you are a part of now or that you've ever been a part of. And what do you really love about that community? This is such a hard question for me because communities have been such an important part of my life, my whole life. I come from a big family, uh, all the way to being very involved in my schools and other activities growing up. And then when I ended up in Chicago, even though Chicago is a huge city with maybe 3 million people, it still is broken up into lots of little neighborhoods. And so while I was in Chicago, I fell in love with a little neighborhood called the Southport Corridor. And that's where I ended up establishing my 
brick and mortar pet businesses. And I was there for almost two decades in the Lakeview neighborhood in this little corridor. And around the time of the pandemic, decided that it was time to move out, out of the big city and come to a small town. So now we are in this little town of maybe 30,000 people called Galesburg, Illinois. And what I love about this community is that it did remind me a lot of that little neighborhood I had in Chicago, right? Here in this small town now, there's just such this feeling of really of collaboration and connection. And even though, you know, you think, well, what's what could be happening in a small town? There's actually a lot happening in this town because because it's like big enough that there are things happening, but small enough that you really can contribute to it and be part of impacting what residents here experience. So bringing that, you know, big city kind of lifestyle actually is helping us in this small community. And here, I I just love the experience we've had now. We've been here two years. And we've talked about this a lot because you have really, really dove in deep with this local community. And I remember, I think you were telling me that when you moved out there, you met with like local business owners, you met with like university leaders and maybe even government leaders just to get to know them and get to know the city. So is that what it looks like to (laughs) dive into a local community? Because I keep thinking there's especially post pandemic, right? Post pandemic, I think people have gone online with community and they forget that they have people and a life and a community around them that they can plug into, not just to benefit their business, but to feel connected, to feel a part of something bigger than themselves. So what does that look like for people to get involved in their local community? You know, I think probably how I behaved when I came into this town is not normal (laughs) for most people because I did come in like right away to make things happen. And people say that now that they've met me, they're like, you've done more in this town in the you know short time you've been here, the most people who lived there, here their whole life have, and maybe that comes from all my years of professional development and really realizing that uh, there's this impact that each of us have in in the world. And when I thought about coming to this new town, I was like, well, there's so I just, you know personally I see the potential in everything. I, I really do. And so I, I look around. I'm like, wow, you know they could do this or we could do this. And, and, but I also know that I can't just come in and say that this is right, right? We have to learn what the community needs. We have to learn what the community initiatives already are, like what's already happening, the good things that might already be happening here. So that's why when I moved here, I was like, well, let me meet the movers and the shakers in the town (laughs) and get to know them and hear, hear what's working well, hear how I could be a, asset to the town, not not for me as a business owner or to ever even make any money from it. It was like, how can I individually contribute to this local community? So yes, I came in and I met with the director of tourism, the uh, director of economic development. We got tours of the high schools. We went to the colleges and met with the college presidents. We toured local businesses and you know just got to meet people. I love that you just dove in. I love that it started with relationship because, you know, I talk about relationships and how important that is. It's so fun because I think you've even opened up your home to the community and have been holding events at your home. Yeah. I mean, the mayor came to my 4th of July party. (laughs) 
which is so fun. Like, I mean, I know this episode isn't about how to get involved in your local community, but I wanted you to talk about that for just a minute because I know that so many of us are lonely entrepreneurs and lonely business owners and solopreneurs. And we look online for masterminds and virtual things that we can be a part of. And we forget that there's a community right out the front doorsteps of our house that we can dive into and be a part of and maybe even be a catalyst to creating that kind of connection. So if you're listening to this, you're probably community hearted. You're probably a community builder. So I encourage you to consider how you can get involved in your local community. But back to what this is really about. So I want you to tell us you're the pet boss. You are the absolute like the boss of the pet retailer industry, the leader of that industry. How does that even happen? Like, how did you pick that niche? How did you become the leader of that niche? How has it served you to be in that niche? Just tell us a little bit about that. So my career, you know, after college, I thought I was going to go to some big advertising agency and and work in marketing. And I got that job and then realized I didn't want to sit behind a cubicle all day long. So at the age of 23, I left <laughs> really young, right? I got my college degree, got the job and was like, ah, no. So I became, so I've been self-employed since I was 23. And what's interesting though, is I early on got into the pet industry, uh, mainly uh, initially starting with a doggy bakery and then opening up my own pet retail store and then a doggy daycare and a dog walking company and grew those and eventually was able to sell three different businesses. So at that point, probably at the halfway point of my pet industry career, I learned about business. (laughs) I got into it because I was passionate about the niche and I was naturally good at some things, but there were a lot of things I didn't understand about business. And about halfway through, I started learning more about that and then realizing that I actually really loved the concept of business and teaching about business and learning about business and connecting with other business owners that on the tail end of my journey of actually owning pet businesses, I thought, well, what's next for me? And I was really drawn to becoming a business coach for the pet industry. Because one, it was already the industry that I knew. But also, um, I felt like, you know, and you've heard people say this, I'm sure they have even, have even said it on your podcast, right? The, the riches are in the niches. And while I really wasn't sure if this was the right path to just stay in pet. It ended up uh, being a good decision. Because at the beginning, when I wanted to do business coaching, you know, a lot of people would say, well, why don't you just help all brick and mortar small business owners or, you know, anybody that, you know, you can try to find clients anywhere. And I thought, well, no, because again, like I know so much about the pet industry. This is where I've worked. Yes, I could maybe help a women's boutique or a shoe store owner, but I don't know anything about how to buy shoes or who the manufacturers are and how you source them. So that's why I wanted to take my experience with this other passion that I had and build a business, build a brand new business. So from the ground up, really, I came out of nowhere. (laughs) It really was that. It was like, I was a nobody. Nobody knew who I was. And I started a Facebook group. There weren't a lot of Facebook groups at the time for pulling people together. So I started there. And then I also started different partnerships to help establish my expertise. And uh, one of them was a pet industry magazine, Pets Plus magazine. And, and I started writing regular columns for them. And then that kind of gave me this instant authority within the industry. <laughs> you know, And it was really that I just talked to the editor of the magazine 
enough. I persuaded him enough on the phone call to include me in their magazines and then delivered enough great content that offered value. And his readers were saying, hey, we really love these columns that um, it solidified that relationship even more, right? So then I started doing trade shows and just really getting in really, really involved in this niche and delivering, being consistent. And the following just started kind of snowballing at that point. And people told, you know, word of mouth, even online. And it just came to the point where, yeah, I'm the pet boss. Some people have even said in the industry that I don't even need my last name anymore. I just go by (laughs) (laughs) just pretty funny. You're like the Madonna. It's it's totally fine. (laughs) This is so good because I mean, what I hear you saying is that you did it yourself, right? And I, I think I was, I can't remember if I was 23 or so, but I was about that age when I went into my own business as well. So I didn't know we had that in common. That's super fun. But you you just kind of dabbled. You followed your passion that led you to this niche. You started to learn more about business. You got successful, so sold some businesses, which I always think is super fascinating. I love that. And then you started to create community around what you knew. And so some people I know listening to this uh, podcast are people who haven't started a community yet, but they want to form one. And so you just gave them a perfect example of how you can take what you know, what you're passionate about, start conversation around that, create a gathering place, whether it's in person or online, for people like you interested in the same things as you to come together and talk. And then you get to offer your expertise to others. So you pursued opportunities to provide content to industry magazines and things like that, where you could offer expertise of what you've learned. And you just kept showing up, showing up for the community, showing up, offering uh, content and providing value wherever you could, which is what ultimately elevated you to this place of leadership. It's not something that you just like put a stake in the ground and claimed. It's something that you just, in a way, you didn't fall into it because you were intentional about how you showed up, but that led you to be a leader of this niche of this pet retailer industry. It's not even the pet industry. It's specifically for pet retailers, right? Well, so that's interesting you brought that up because it's not actually, but that was that was the initial plan. And that is kind of most of my, well, initially was most of my clients. But yeah, what was interesting is when I started this community, I thought for sure I was going to be really niche. I was like, I'm only going to niche in helping retailers in the pet industry. But when I started that community, what was interesting is I was attracting everybody who worked in the industry, not just retailers. And I think it was because I had built businesses and I had gone through the same struggles and then had sold them a lot in a lot of different niches. And so similarly to them, people could resonate with me and they were drawn to me. I don't know, like I've heard that I'm very likable. And I think it's just because I, (laughs) you know, kind of uh, uh, share all my, you know, challenges and I'm realistic, you know, realistic with people. And so there wasn't anybody at the time, you know, I don't even think there really still is. I mean, there might be some other communities that are slightly different, but there really wasn't anybody kind of speaking to the pet industry in this way and being inspirational and helping them see what's possible for themselves, like the life coach of the pet industry. So that started, we started attracting so many different people. And then I, again, was like, well, we want to help retailers, but then yeah. doggy daycare. Like, no, no, no. Yeah. Don't pay me. Don't pay me. Please don't pay me. <laughs> doggy daycares were signing up for our programs and pet sitters were signing up. And 
even some little brands, you know, some some brands that are maybe just starting out that are making dog collars out of their house and doing farmers markets and pop ups on the weekends. And so we really have now become this um, mix of pet business owners. And so now our company, our target is a local pet business owner and how, you know, versus somebody who's just selling online. But that's who we help. That's who our programs are. But what's interesting about even this niche and all of all of your listeners have an industry that they are either have been in for a long time or who or that they're drawn to. And inside that niche are so many opportunities because I'm so glad now that at the beginning, I kept it broad, like, you know, Pet Boss Nation is any pet boss, any pet professional. And if I had called it Pet Retailer Nation, then it would have really kept us closed from the opportunities that do exist. Yeah, that's such good advice. And I love how at first you were a bit resistant to it because you're like, no, 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 this is my lane. But then you realize you can actually serve them and there's no place for them to be served. So why not you? Um, I I love that. Okay, so you've built Pet Boss Nation, which is really this leader in the ecosystem that is this local pet business industry. And by having that community, by having your membership with hundreds and hundreds of businesses in that membership, in that community, you've been able to leverage those relationships and make connections not just among members, but with wholesale suppliers and actual like products and big corporations in the pet industry as well, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So tell me a little bit about that. Like how have you leveraged the community that you've built, the ecosystem and all of those different connection points and, and what's come about from doing that? What if you had the right story for the right person at the right time, every time? Well, you can if you leverage my streamlined story system. I'm going to show you proven ways to collect, organize, and share stories like a pro. Just go to streamlinedstorysystem.com to check it out and use code creators to get a special discount. So one of the interesting things about the pet industry is that it is booming, right? So right now, even we've we've reached over $100 billion a year in revenue in this industry. And the pet industry is poised to get to $275 billion by 2030. Okay, that's more more than 70% of households have at least one dog, right? So if any of your listeners want to think about coming into the pet industry, it's a great industry to get into. And some of the opportunities that exist, and I'm going to mention all these because I want I want you to think about all of the legs that are inside your own communities and industries, because Understanding all those parts then help us figure out what is the right connection to have. So in the pet industry, we have our service providers only. So that's dog daycare, boarding, pet sitting, dog walking, dog trainers. Then you've got the pet supply retailers. But those pet supply retailers sell products right, made by manufacturers who need distribution, who then need sales reps. And there's the veterinarians. There's B2B service providers. You've got your graphic designers who niche just in pet. There's software companies just for the pet industry, copywriters, social media people, bookkeepers. There are people even niching into that specific category. Then there's influencers and bloggers. And then if we even think about non-dog and cat, you've got aquatic, birds, equestrian, small animals. There's just so much potential within this one little industry, right? 
So when we think about, when I was thinking about who, how can I start to leverage all of these people that we're attracting into this ecosystem? There's two parts. One is about how do you help your business and finding more business for your business. But then also there's one about really finding friendships and building those relationships. So the first part about finding businesses is that, or finding business is that you want to partner with somebody who has a similar client to you, but who you don't compete with. So in my world, if I'm educating a lot of pet retailers, then a perfect match for me would be to line up with a distributor who is selling and delivering products to these retailers. Because if I can help the retailer stay open and sell more products, then they're going to be ordering more products from that distributor. And it's a win-win for both of us, right? So that opportunity happened for me with Pet Food Experts, uh, one of the country's biggest pet food distributors. And now that relationship didn't happen because of anything online, actually. It was because I decided to invest in an event ticket and it was an expensive event. It was an event called the Pet Industry Leadership Conference. And it was filled with the top CEOs of, of all these big, big companies would go. It was maybe $1,000 for this ticket. So wow. buy yeah. the ticket. Plus, you got to pay for the airfare plus the hotel, you know. So I go and I don't know anybody. And I was like, because it's a different part of the industry than I had normally attended. And I remember thinking, well, I paid all this money. I'm here. I cannot just sit here by myself. So <laughs> there's a little bit of a funny story behind it, but the, the, this gentleman walked by and he was wearing a logo for Pet Food Experts. Now, I used to be a client of theirs as a retailer. I ordered from them and he was going to the bar and he came back with only one drink. So I thought, you know what? He's not, no one's waiting on him to bring another drink back to them. So I went up to him and just introduced myself and said I was a former client. And he's like, well, what are you doing here? And I told him that I was ready to, I was launching a coaching business and I'm here to help the independent retailer. And he's like, we've got to talk. Anyway, he gave me his number and it turns out he was the president of the whole pet food oh, <laughs> company. And I did, I didn't know that. And so then he gives me his name and his number and I walk away to my friends. I'm like, I think I just made a great contact. And I told them who it was and they were like, you just met the most influential man in the room. <laughs> You're like, oh, by happenstance, just, you, know, you know, yeah. But it was, it was interesting. I love that story. And Michael and I are now great friends. But what I love about that story is like, one, most people don't invest in that kind of a ticket. Most people would also wonder, how do I get the value out of that? But, or they wouldn't have the courage to just like walk up to people. Yeah. But, you know, that opportunity ended up, we, we developed that friendship and um, sh I started sharing my resources with him and his team. And now that partnership has been great. We've done guest blog posts for them. I've attended their uh, mini trade shows that they do. We have some Facebook lives coming up soon for their Facebook community, for their clients. So that really has um, allowed me also to find more clients because they automatically kind of, you know, they already have an established business. and so. When they tell their clients, listen to this woman, right? She knows what she's talking about. I instantly kind of have that street cred with their clients because I've been validated by their supplier. So that's one piece, right? Finding relationships within your industry where you share a common client, but you don't compete with each other. You can complement each other. And I love the, the event example that you gave because it's one of the reasons I'm super excited that in-person events are back. It's because that was one of my favorite things about in-person events was just 
not what I would learn at the event, because usually I wouldn't implement 90% of it anyways. There's just content overwhelm. But the relationships that I would build, whether those would become friendships or maybe potential partnerships or affiliate relationships, you know, and and I think those events, if you go into it with the mindset, if all it takes is one relationship to change my business, just one. And, I, and I'm thinking about myself. So if you're sitting here and you're going, well, I don't work in that kind of like product-based business or retail business. How does this apply to me? Well, I just think about affiliates, which if you're not familiar, affiliates are where if you have a program, whether it's digital, whether it's a physical product, essentially people get credit for referring your services, products, whatever it might be. So let's say you've got a favorite hairstylist and you refer that hairstylist and your friend comes in and you get $20 off your next haircut. It's like that, but on a bigger scale, right? So maybe you get $400 to somebody who refers people into your program. But when you do what Candace is talking about, when you have a relationship with somebody who serves the same people, but in a different way. So for me, for example, I serve on the community side of paid programs. But there are so many people out there that serve on the marketing side and the creation side of these paid programs. Those people make great partners for me because I can come alongside them and say, I can, I know you've helped them launch a membership, but I can actually help them with their community side of their membership that helps keep their people around for longer, right? And those relationships become really symbiotic. And um, what is it that Stu says? He's like, it's not about getting a piece of the pie. It's about like us all getting together and creating a bakery where we can make our own pies and create as much business as we want together. That's what that makes me think about when you talk about these sort of collaborative relationships. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And when I think about the other ways that people have grown their business and connections in our community, it is that other people are are showing value inside my community, but they're not trying to do it like me or step on my toes in my community. They're actually trying to make my community better and and in a non-salesy way. And so what's interesting then is when they contribute that value in our community, I notice them and then I want to get to know them. And I realize, wow, they, they really know what they're talking about. So then I maybe start working with them. Like I think of of another perfect example is Doc's Design. She's a a graphic designer that wanted to niche just in the pet industry. And in the beginning, she was starting around about a year after, a year or two after I was. And we ended up, we liked how the value she brought to our group. And I needed a graphic designer at the time. So we started working with her and then she's fantastic. And so then when my clients were asking for a referral, that word of mouth, even though it's all digital... I was like, you've got to work with Doc's Designs. And so in a short amount of time, she's blown up. She's got a team of now like four or five designers, all kinds of people and that are working. And now she's really grown this like agent, graphic design agency inside the pet industry. And now that they're going outside of that, but it's just really powerful when you can begin to leverage these relationships and you can really truly grow significant business from it. Yeah. And I think the thing that I am hearing is that it, it not only benefits you and your business, but it creates more value for your members. So you're kind of talking about it in two different ways. One, which is, you know, this maybe isn't directly related to your membership at first. You build a relationship with somebody that ultimately you build this partnership that it has allowed your business to expand and grow, but also probably you've been able to create some benefits and discounts and opportunities for your members but then you're also creating these opportunities for your members to collaborate. And so if you have a, a membership, if you have a community, ask yourself, 
how can I help my community members find these types of partnerships and collaborations from within my community? Because that just increases the value of your community that much more. Yes. Yes. And I love it when at our pet industry trade shows or anytime people tell me that they've they've gotten business just because of a connection that they've made in our community. And one of my favorite though, and this is the, the last connection I wanted to share was about finding those friendships. You know, being like you already mentioned it earlier, being a small business owner can be a very lonely place. And uh, what's interesting though, is now that these virtual communities have been able to allow people to connect. And so we find that our different business owners, when they travel, will want to stop and see their friends or their other retailers or doggy daycares that they know and that they've met through our community. And one of my favorite is I did host an in-person event called Camp Pet Boss, and it was before the pandemic. But uh, a couple of our, you know, a bunch of our clients came, but two in particular met there, bonded there, and then have stayed in touch over the years. And now they're actually taking a bucket list trip to Africa together. <laughs> and I just, what I love, so, so cool. fun. And what I love about that is like, I'm not going to take claim for their friendship. But what I love is that if I hadn't have started this community or even had that event to bring them together, maybe their paths would never have crossed in this way. And that just goes back to the beginning of like the decisions that we each make can have such a big impact on people's lives. Yeah. And those connections, I think, are so important. And I talk a lot about the ripple effect and the ripple effect of our community. We do, we think we are helping somebody grow their pet business, but the ripple effect is much bigger than that because the impact that the revenue from that business has on their life, the stress that you are taking off of their plate now that you've shown them how to streamline their business, but then those relationships that they build often are lifelong relationships. And the more we can create those connections, the better. I mean, that's why I... I love helping people with communities learn how to create space for those kinds of fun connections. That's I have the, if you don't have it yet, you probably do if you're listening to this podcast, but connectionideas.com. It's over 77 different ways that you can create connection in your community, but it creates opportunities for your members to come together like this. And I think the the in-person aspect, if you can do that more, whether it's having a directory, just a directory where your members can look and see where other members are so that as they're traveling, they can meet up or maybe they can meet up with other members in their local area. If you're having an event, what does that look like? Can you do a meetup? If you're going to be at an event, can you do a meetup for people in the local area? But just creating those connection points for your members that they can build those kinds of friendships and relationships because there is nothing better than having a good friend who gets you not just personally, but professionally. I don't know if you've experienced that, but for a long time, I had good friends personally, but I didn't have good friends professionally that understood like the entrepreneur community nerd side of Shanna. And even within the industry now, like I've got really great entrepreneur friends, but I have a couple that are also fellow community nerds and getting together with those people, it's it just is a different vibe. And I'm sure you feel that way too, because I know you have lots of friends in the business owner and entrepreneur space, but it has to feel just a deeper level of connection when you're with fellow pet business entrepreneurs. Absolutely. 100%. Candace, this is so good. I'm so loving how you're talking about that looking at the ecosystem of the industry that you're in and trying to make the connection points that will allow you to build partnerships and relationships that are not just going to benefit 
your business life, your professional life. They're going to benefit your personal life. But more importantly, they're going to really benefit your members as well, whether that's leveraging industry relationships to get, you know, exclusive content for your members, to get discounts for your members, whether that's you leveraging those relationships in order to get, you know, more exposure, to get more eyeballs on what you're doing and to really be able to position yourself like a leader in the industry like you've done, or whether that's building those connections within your community so that they can have those relationships and collaboration together to help each other grow their businesses and connect on a personal level there's level there's so many opportunities there that i think many of us would miss but because you had so much experience in all of these different little silos of the pet business you came into this with an awareness of all of the opportunity that existed and you were intentional about creating that so i love how you talked about in the very beginning you want to go back to this so we don't miss it how you need to look at what are those different silos within your niche. You may own like an, a little a little niche within a niche or whatever it might be, but there's all of these different silos that are related to it that you can work in partnership with. Okay, so tell me this. If I am a business owner, and let's say that I have an, an online membership, or maybe I have a coaching program and I'm kind of niched down, right? But I'm thinking about what I can do to build relationships and create connections with other people in my industry. What is the one piece of advice that you would give to somebody who's trying to move into this and start creating those kinds of relationships? I think the the one thing is going back to something you even said earlier about it just takes one relationship and one person. And so I think a lot of times it's easy to feel like, or it's over, it feels overwhelming to think of all, like all of the opportunities and I got to go talk to all these people or find these connections. When the reality is, is if you can just find that one and start working with that one person or one business and, and start to get some traction and action, it's going to just start to naturally flow. So I'd encourage everyone to find find that one person and you're going to hear no sometimes too, or people are going to ignore you or they won't trust that you're going to you know, be able to deliver what you say you're going to deliver, but just move on to the next person then and, and stay in touch and keep building those relationships because it takes time. It does take time to, to find these opportunities, but they exist and they're out there. So don't get discouraged. Yeah. And like you've said, it uh, that one relationship, that one conversation with the guy walking away from the bar <laughs> with one drink could change everything for you. So just put yourself in front of more people and give yourself more opportunity to have those kinds of conversations. And I think really showing up with that heart of service, you know, yeah. not like, what can I get out of this? But what can I give and and what can we learn from each other, I think is so important. And you've just been such a model of that, not just and how you are doing this within the pet industry, but how you're doing this within your little town of Galesburg. Like you didn't go in there thinking, what can I get out of this? You went in there thinking, how can I serve? And who do I need to know? And how can I get to know these people to build these relationships? Because the more that you know them and the more connected you are, the more able you are to serve them. And it's just created this beautiful ecosystem, not just in the pet industry, but in Galesburg as well. And I always love seeing your little Galesburg happenings and parties and all the things that are going on in there when I, as, I, as I follow you on socials. So what is the best way for people to connect with you? And I just want to say this before she tells you. You may be thinking, I don't have a pet business. Well, you probably know somebody who does. In fact, I'm sitting here thinking my oldest daughter, her roommate has like 
a dog pooper scooper business. Like it's like a franchise. Well, like hot, that's a hot thing right now. <laughs> but she's like super successful. Yeah. She's 20. She bought her first house at 21. Like, you know, just really successful. And I'm like, I haven't even told her about my friend Candace. So definitely going to be texting her after this for sure. But you probably know somebody who's in the industry, or maybe you're thinking about diversifying into different revenue streams. But whether you want to be in the pet industry or whether you are in the pet industry, you hear me talk about this all the time. We have to be learning from smart business people who aren't in our industry. You know, you've, you've heard me do podcast episodes about what Target is doing, right? What you can learn from hotels like the Four Seasons. Hey, friend, if you have an online program, you know the importance of having customer success stories and testimonials. Well, what if I told you I have a proven system that will help you unlock more stories from your program and keep them organized in a way that will allow you to have the right story for the right person at the right time? I want you to go to streamlinedstorysystem.com to check it out. And when you're there, use code creators to get a special discount for being a podcast listener. All right, back to the episode. So Candace has so much wisdom. You heard her say she started this at 23. She's like started and sold all of these different businesses. And now she supports and mentors all of these business owners. So there's a wealth of knowledge that you can get from her. And I know you share a lot of that on your podcast, right? Yes, I do. Yeah, we, we I give it all away at the podcast. <laughs> And that's Boss Your Business, yeah, the Boss Your boss, Business podcast. Boss Your Business, the Pet Boss podcast. You're going to know you found it because there's a picture of Candace with her cute pup on there. So uh, you're definitely going to know when you've seen that. And then on your website, petboss.com, you have something about like 10 secrets to starting a pet business. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. in our freebie on our website, it's called 10 Secrets to Running a Successful Pet Business. And it covers a lot of different areas. If you're just starting out or even if you're looking to grow your business and it has different resources listed in there. And along with those uh, freebies, we do have the po- all our podcasts are on our website and we do also have a weekly blog. So lots of great content. And you can figure out how to connect or find how to connect to our Facebook group community for all pet industry professionals too. So good. Okay. So go to petboss.com. Everything is there. Candice, thank you for taking time to share with us today. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens as you continue to invest in the pet industry and in Galesburg too, because I feel like watching your tales of Galesburg is like me watching the Gilmore Girls in this little town. I'm like, what is happening in Galesburg today? So <laughs> yeah. I think I think the last I looked, there's like a Mexican restaurant that That's somebody still, needs to buy. Yeah, that is like a massive opportunity. So massive opportunity. Th- and everybody's like, you should buy it. I was like, oh my gosh, no, I have too many other things going on. But yeah, hashtag, hashtag move to Galesburg. We are looking for more residents. <laughs> So good. I I don't think I'm like a Southern girl for sure. So it's not going to be me, but I do want to come visit. I'm looking forward to it. Candice, thank you so much. And make sure to follow her on the Boss Your Business podcast. Thanks, Shanna. Hey, friend, real quick. You heard me mention it on this episode, but if you want to snag over 77 ideas for creating connection in your community, all you have to do is go to connectionideas.com. Just pick one, give it a try, and start creating connection today. Hey, friend. Thanks for listening. If you like this episode, make sure to subscribe. Then do me a favor and leave a review letting me know what you want to hear more of. To learn more about the show or connect with me, head to shanalyn.com. 
That's S-H-A-N-A-L-Y-N-N.com. Until next time.